Welcome in to another edition of the Lower Review Podcast. My name is Ethan Schertz, and on today's show, we will have some Cubs talk, some Sox talk, some Cardinals talk, and some football. We thank you for tuning back in after our coronavirus hiatus. So without further ado, let's get this party started. Welcome back to the Lower View Podcast. My name is Nathan Schertz, and joining me over the phone in this coronavirus pandemic is Mr. Jason Zimmerman. How are you, sir? Hey, Nathan. I'm doing well, man. Nice to talk to you. Nice to talk to you. It's been a minute. So, when we started this podcast, we wanted to bring more people on than just Leighton and I, and in the spirit of that, since we are a multiple te- multiple team multiple sport service we thought we would bring a cardinals fan on and he will serve as more of our cardinals insider so jason talk to me a little bit about how you think the cardinals chances are going into the 60 game season starting on friday yeah i mean you know it's definitely going to be interesting Uh, obviously there's question marks for everybody i mean that's not a surprise right the way that I'm kind of sizing it up, and, and I'll be honest, like I haven't done deep research. I mean, we're all kind of just going day to day, right? Yeah, that's what you got to do at this point. Yeah, man. But, the, you know, the way I'm sizing it up, I, I like our chances. I think it's going to be a two-horse race. I think it's going to be Cubs cards, man. I mean, that's what I'm seeing. Yeah, I mean, I I, I like to think that Milwaukee is going to be the thorn in everybody's side, but you'll have that, I think. Is that a fair, is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I, I just don't. I, I just don't feel like they can keep it up. I, I don't know. I mean, I like. I know we're here talking about the Cardinals, but I really like your lineup. I think uh, offense is going to be the key in a short season. And it's whoever gets hot, right? I mean, yeah, well, no question. And then obviously the question marks are going to be health and who's available, who isn't available. I mean, God knows. But yeah, for purposes of the conversation, let's assume everybody's available and they're they're going to play every game, right? Yeah. So in that scenario, I mean, I think uh, I think St. Louis is going to pick up right where they left off. You know, coming off of that ninety-one win season, I don't see much of a fall off, really. Um, you want to break it down, like uh, maybe work on uh, offense first. Yeah, go offense first, and we'll go from there. Yeah, I mean, so I know they lose Ozuna, you lose Martinez, and that, those aren't like minor losses. I understand that. But I'm pretty interested to see some of the young talent, and I don't. I think the numbers are going to be there from some of these guys. Yeah, because who were your big offseason additions? I honestly forget. Well, there weren't too many. I mean, if you call Matt Weider as a big addition as a backup catcher, maybe a little bit, but yeah. I think it's more the young guys coming up, at least from what I know. Yeah. And I think Tyler O'Neill is going to be a really big piece. Um, obviously, like, I mean, Bader's not young. He's been around a minute, but if he continues to develop, yeah, um, I think he's a big piece. And then I think the, you know, the question marks are going to be like Lane Thomas. It's, I mean, does Lane Thomas start in the outfield? The kid's got a lot of potential. He didn't, you know, he played a little bit, just got a few at bats, but very high ceiling on him. It it'll be interesting just to see. And really, it's going to be what have you done for me lately, right? I mean, because sixty game season, you're not going to wait for somebody to get hot. You're not going to wait for like a Matt Carpenter to to find his groove because you got to be hot out of the gate, wouldn't you say? 
Yeah, I agree. But, you know, the thing, too, is the DH. Like, that yeah. throws a whole other angle with this. So when you mention a guy like Carpenter, I mean, in my mind, I think he DHs probably, right? I mean, that would make the most sense. However, God knows what Johnny Bozalek has in mind, right? No, we don't know. And I, I don't like John, but, she, again, I mean, I'm just kind of guessing here. I could be completely wrong. Yeah. I think I like Edmund a little bit better. and I like him quite a bit better defensively, and he's definitely oh, yeah. an offensive Threat too many to mention Tommy yet. So I mean, yeah. If it's me, it's Edmund at third. I'm DH and Carp. In this era, it would be stupid not to. I mean, because it's just it's too easy. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So one thing I want to touch on is how does the DH play into the National League now? I mean, do you think the Cardinals are at an advantage or a disadvantage? I know. Pitchers who rake is a thing, and, you know, some pitchers are pissed about it, but realist- yeah. realistically, what do you, how do you think that affects the game? Yeah, I, I think, in my opinion, I think it completely changes the game. I really do. And, and I have not done enough analysis. You'd have to look through and compare DH numbers to get impact, but it's going to change everything. I mean, we know what the difference is between the National League game and the American League game. I think it's pretty dramatic. I mean, it yeah. changes... So let's just put the strategy aside, but just from an offensive standpoint, I mean, you're going from, I don't know how many how many home runs is your average nine spot. Not many, right? Not many at all. A season, maybe? Yeah. And, and you could get 30, 40 conceivably in that spot, depending on who you have there, right? Right. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's nuts. I mean, because for, let's take the Cubs for, for instance, you could put, Schwarber would be the obvious to go in the, in the DH spot, and then you can rotate whoever in, but also uh, loop into your lineup when you have so many guys who can bat. Because I mean, you've got you've got Tommy Edmund, you've got uh, Bader. I mean, you've got all these guys that are rotational type players, but yeah. you're losing the you're losing the art of the pitch hitter. I mean, for yeah, the I I don't like it. I mean, I'm I'm you know me, Nate. Like yeah. the audience doesn't know me, but I'm a pro National League guy. I'm a small ball guy. Yeah. But the fact is, like, the game's not played that way anymore, right? Which so, kind of sucks. It just but... isn't. I mean, I, I think it just it puts that much more emphasis and value on run production and on power hitting in that DH spot. I, it really does. And, okay, so let's talk... Let's talk about Manfred. I, you know I have opinions on Manfred. What, how do you think he handled this coronavirus situation? I mean, just your thoughts in general. You know, I'll be completely honest. Like, I follow it a little bit. Uh, yeah. It depresses me. So I, I don't have a lot of detail. I, I think he's got an impossible job, right? I mean, yeah. I, I honestly don't know what I would do. And I guess if I'm forced to give an opinion, I think he did pretty well. We're going to get something, right? Assuming everything pans out. And, yeah. You know, everybody's alive in two weeks. It's like, we're going to see baseball, right? I mean, I think that's a net positive. Yeah. It's probably good for society. It's definitely good for sports fans. Whether yeah. or not it's good for the players, I don't really know. It's unclear. Yeah. Um, I think he handled it well. You knew there were going to be negotiations, right? And that's yeah. no surprise. And the, the relationship between the MOP and the MOPA has been crappy since in the 90s. I mean, it, that's... Uh, it's been forever. Yeah. yeah. To me, it's just... I kind of shut that stuff off, mm-hmm. to be honest, man. Yeah. It just is. It just gets to me. I, you know, I'm old enough to remember like the '94 strike. I mean, heck, I remember '81. Yeah, that's gonna be an asterisk year. It always will be. Yeah, you know. So like, this is. It's to me, it's not gonna be a real baseball season. 
for me personally, it's going to be just maybe enjoying watching a few games. It's going to be weird. But I'll say this, too. I've been watching a little Korean baseball, and I kind of enjoy it. That's, I mean, <laughs> I was just going to say. Thoughts <laughs> from you on that, right? I mean, yeah. That's a pretty good ball. I mean, it's basically quadruple-A baseball, right? I mean, realistically. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, which which I like. Yeah. So, um, before before we get you out of here, what are your main take main takeaways before we start the season next week? Yeah, well, let me, I mean, just to get back into the Cardinals yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. for a minute here. So, again, the things that I'm kind of excited about, I've already said, um, I want to see these young guys. I mentioned Lane Thomas. This kid, Dylan Carlson, I don't know if he's going to make the roster, but he may be a factor at some point. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He should, I think. Yeah, he's a, he's a kid to look into. I, I really am high on him. Whether it's going to be this year or next year, I don't really know. Um Tyler O'Neill, I think, could be a factor, right? I think the outfield is really the question because you figure Dex is going to be there. Yeah. You can't forget really, about Dex. Tyler's the only one who's got a starting spot nailed down, really, yeah. at this moment from what I know. And, I mean, do you put Dex, do you let him patrol center and just do his work? Or do you try to shove him in the right field like they did last year? Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting question. I'm not sure on that, to be honest. Like, what's your opinion? I Okay, I will always and forever love Dex. You, you know that. Yeah, sure, sure. Per, per, good work for you. Yeah, personally, I think you just gotta let the guy work. I mean, don't, don't, you can't. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. I mean, I think is what I'm trying to say here. So yeah. let him work, and you never know what you're gonna get out of this deal. So don't try to get cute with it. And I'll say the same thing about about the Cubs. Put, you know, put somebody like Kyle Schwarber in the DH spot. Don't try to, you know, get cute with it. So. That's my that's my advice going into the season. I think is just yeah. let her ride and see what happens. Yeah, I think that's a good point. The other thing that uh, Fowler would do, obviously, is anchor that outfield with. He's about as good a veteran as you're going to find, right? I mean, yeah, so much experience. We know he can play the field. He's still got some speed, even at his age. And you may get production out of him, you may not. But I think for that reason, he's definitely there. So I mean, I like our lineup. And just to run through it quickly, like Yachty's Yachty. Yeah. Getting old, but he's an all—he's all a famer. He's there, right? Goldschmidt's going to be Goldschmidt, MVP candidate. Colton Long just keeps getting better and better at second, which is ridiculous. <laughs> I, I mean, it, the dude could this could be even a better year. I, I just yeah. think I really—I really like him. The Youngs, uh, ISU grad—that's really all you need to know there. Right? Yeah. So, so I mean, we look—we're solid. It's—it's it's, we're going to go blow for blow. I think with uh, with you guys with the Cubs, I think it's going to be fun to watch. To me, the real key—we haven't talked about it. I know you don't have a lot of time, but it's cool. pitching, right? Yeah, pitching. It's that's going to be the 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 key to this whole thing. I think is everybody wants to see bombs, but the pitchers, you know, never stopped trading because you see you see the numbers that Verlander's throw in. Just your big yeah. aces. It's gonna take. It's gonna take the hitters two, two and a half weeks to catch up to the pitchers. I think. Good point. So if we just, uh, I mean, let's just run through like probable cardinal rotation. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think we're solid. You know, I mean, Flaherty is an ace. Yeah. Right. I mean, Dakota Hudson's solid. He could be a really good piece. Just coming off a sixteen win season, uh, I like him. Nicholas is a third. Mm-hmm. Is a strong. Uh, you know, number three. Yeah. Wainwright's old, but still viable. He's not completely terrible, right? It's the it's you don't know Lester. What you're get, but I'm assuming he's healthy. Yeah, he's had time to rest. It's short. The season's only going to help him. Yeah, 
And then who's your five? I mean, do you need? Well, I think we, we picked up Kim, right? So yeah. it, I don't even know what I, uh, forgive me. Is it Kwong, Kwong and Kim? Something like that. No great shakes, but like, I mean, he's serviceable, you know? Yeah. And to me, again, like, so starting rotation for me is comparable, uh, you know, to you guys, obviously Lester Darvish, yeah. uh, Hendricks are going to be pretty formidable, but you know, I think we're right there. What, what's your take on the comparison between the two teams? I mean, you've got old guys, you've got it. You've got matching old guys and Wayno yeah. and Lester. I mean, Lester's probably got more gas in the tank, if we're being honest. It, it fits. I, I think it's going to yeah, be... what's Lester? Is he your one or your two? I no, mean, he's probably he's... a three. Well, who's your one? Hendricks. Hendricks is getting day is getting go oh, opening okay, day. thank you. All right, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, Lester, fair, fair point. Go on, sorry. So, you've got Hendricks one, Darvish two, Lester three. Jared Lester's your three? What is this? 34, 35 year for him. I, I didn't check the age on him, but what is he, was he 50? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, so everything matches up. I mean, blow for blow. I think power wise, we've got more formidable, formidable pop, just in name recognition, yeah. but yeah, you, you scare me. It, it's going to be real interesting. And then you've got the Reds. We haven't even talked about the Reds. Oh, the Reds, really? Do we need to? I mean, you've got... Do you think they're there? I don't see... What do you think? I don't see it. I think, I think it's going to be a bloodbath. And whoever makes it into the NLCS is going to come out of that. I think your hot take, your National League representative in the World Series, comes out of the Central. Yeah, I mean, it very well could be. And I'll be honest, like, I haven't looked at everything else. I don't know how strong LA is again this year. I'm sure they're going to be really good. But I mean, they got Mookie, but they lost yeah, David Price. Yeah, yeah, true. I'll be honest, man. I, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be us, but you, your lineup scares me. You yeah. Know? I know it's a Cardinals podcast, but would you go Brad Rizzo, Baez, Schwarber? You know, and if you get more, if, if Hap is anything like he's supposed to be in terms of improvement, like, you guys yeah. are dangerous. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, for sure. And then, I mean, uh, like you just said it. I think the way that you talked about starting pitching is is true. You got the old guys matched up, and then Darvish and Hendricks. I think kind of compare, you know, to to a flurry situation. Yeah. Um, now, real quick before we wrap, so that leaves yeah. bullpen we haven't touched on. So if we do bullpen, yeah, what's your bullpen look like? Um, I don't know, man. To me, like it's a question mark from a Cardinal standpoint. Um, closer's important. I don't know where Martinez even stands right now. Um, some of the things that I've seen uh, talk about this new guy and his name's escaping me, uh, Ryan. Oh, geez, Ryan Helsley. Yep. Ryan Helsley. I, it looks like he may be the closer, so I, I don't know a lot about him, to be frank. It, it's going to be interesting. I mean, and if you want to talk about match matchups, can Craig Kimbrell come back into form? What What do you think about that? Yeah. No, I don't think so, man. I don't know. I mean, again, I haven't analyzed every, everything in terms of his offseason, but yeah. I just I said this to you like last year before he even pitched. I think he's just a spent bullet. I mean, those guys that throw that hard for that long, to me, they can't sustain it. I mean, the numbers, if you look at the numbers, it oftentimes does support that. Yeah, closer after closer after closer, man. They're they're bright meteors in the sky, then they flame out. So yeah, I mean, look I at, don't think Kimbrel's going to finish the season as your closer. What's what's your take? I I'd like to see it. Uh, realistically, I don't think so. I mean, uh, our, so horrible last year. Well, yeah, that's the thing is, laughably bad, man. I don't think he has anything left. We'll see. I mean, he looked good in the in the inner squad game, but that's the inner oh, squad game. <laughs> so. <laughs> so did I. I looked really solid. My arm feels good. I'm rested. Yeah. 
I don't know, man. But then again, it's like 60 games. Like, you yeah. can't play with him. You can't play with him too long, right? I mean, if he's not. If he blows a couple leads, like, you got to make a change. Who else is sitting there for you guys? I mean, nobody of consequence, really. I mean. <laughs> yeah, okay. I mean, so that's an yeah. open question then. If it's not you, him, you, you don't really know. You yet. lost Strope. I mean yeah, that yeah, that no, that's uh, killer. Go ahead and put him out there. If he's bad yeah. Too. So, well, you he's in Cincinnati now. So, it, well, thank you. So yeah. forget about it. Yeah. See, I yeah. don't look at my cup stuff. I don't really care. But so I mean, yeah. it's gonna be fun, man. I mean, and then to wrap, I, again, I think DH is. You know, that's we, we kind of open with that. Yeah. You think it's gonna be Schwarber, huh? I, it would make the most logical yeah, sense. He's a terrible fielder. I mean, he's not. Well, he's not terrible. He's serviceable. He's but, serviceable, like, yeah, but. You could throw Bryant in left or right, and then you could you could let Bodie do third base, and it'd, it'd be just fine. It, yeah, so you could have had, like, I mean, Schwarber could have been a DH in, in, like, 1986 in the American League for, like, the A's or something. Yeah. He's your prototypical, you know, I mean, strike out a thousand times, going to hit 206, but maybe hit 42 or 45 for you. Maybe, like a Carlos Pena sort of deal? There you go. Yeah, <laughs> Dave Kingman, I was thinking more, but you know. I mean, that's cool too. Uh, yeah, that's. I think it's going to be super important. It's definitely going to change the complexion um, of the of the games. You're going to have to score runs. Teams will score runs. DH only amplifies that. So, again, you're going to score runs. You're going to score a lot of runs. Can pitching hold down? Who who has that? ability to kind of control the game a little bit more from the defensive side, I think is going to factor in. I mean, these games I think are going to be offensive. Absolutely. All that more important, right? And obviously it's, they're both important, but yeah, it's going to be interesting in the 60 games. This is going to magnify every game is basically worth three, right? Basically. Yeah. So it's just going to be, it's like, it's a football season. Really? I mean, everybody, you can't freak out about game one in a baseball season, but I think this year you can like it's ridiculous. Yeah, well, I mean, if you're 10 games in, you're 30 games in, in a normal year. So, yeah. you know, you're like, that's how you have to look at all this, I think. So from that standpoint, it's going to be interesting. Fingers crossed. Everybody stays healthy and we're able to finish it out. I'm suspicious, uh, dubious about that. I hope I'm wrong, but yeah, if it plays out, it's going to be somewhat fun to watch, although it's very strange. So. Yeah. Okay. Who is your world series chip a week before this, before the season starts. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I didn't really look at the American League. Um, I, don't, I don't know, man. I mean, are the some of the National League? So, are the Nationals still in there? I mean, uh, maybe. I mean, <sighs> I'm gonna go. I, you said coming out of the Central. I, I'm gonna stick with that. I'm gonna stick with that. Okay. So you're saying yeah, I'm having to think, man, because I, I don't yeah. know. I'm having to think. I'm, you, you caught me off off guard. I did. That Give me, Give me yours first. Okay, I think your World Series is, and this is, it, it pains me to say this, but it's going to be, I think it's going to be, it's going to be the Yankees and the Dodgers or the Yankees and the Cubs. I, I, tr- I truly think that. Because you've got Judge, you've got Stanton, you've got Glaber, and you've got LeMahieu. I mean, everybody forgets about LeMahieu, but he'll... He'll win you a couple games. I mean, we'll have to see, but it just. I think. Because I can't pick the Yankees. There's no way I can pick the Yankees. But I get it. I get it. Yeah, I mean, you you just got to go with your blue chip blue blood. You can't get really cute with it, in my opinion. I I can get. I can see the logic behind somebody saying, well, the A's 
with Matt Chapman could do something, yeah, but it, I like that actually. I mean, there's how about this? How about this? How about an Angels Cubs World Series? How great would that be? That would be. I mean, that's that's Matt what versus uh, Grandpa Rossi. I mean, that's what Madden said he wanted when he left. Dream, be a dream series as much as I'd hate to see you guys get there. Yeah. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that. I'm gonna go Angels over Cubs in six. All right. We'll take it. I think it. you guys have a legitimate chance. As much as yeah. it pains me to say it, I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> I think you've got a shot. I like your lineup. Yeah. All right, boss. Well, um, we'll have to do this again maybe next week. Um, see how schedules yeah. line up, and we'll go from there. Um, we'll be right back, and we'll talk a little Cubs with Derek Pullman. Welcome back. On the phone is Mr. Derek Pullman. How are you, sir? I am doing great, Nathan. Thanks for having me. No problem. Hey, before we get started, what's one thing you've uh, started doing, like a hobby during uh, during COVID season? Well, I don't know if you can call it a hobby, but spend a lot of time with my kids. Yeah. Uh, it's something I don't normally get to do during uh, when things are going on, because as you know, on the air doing a lot of sports and covering a lot of things, don't get to be home in the evening a lot. Really have enjoyed uh, some evenings, walks with my wife, uh, in the evening, things like that. So it's it's been kind of nice to get back to family. Cool. That that is great. Just quick, what do you what are your thoughts on the sixty game season that's going to start on Saturday? I am so excited for things to get started this weekend. I, as you know, I am a baseball guy. I played baseball through college a little bit, uh, semi pro beyond, uh, kind of like what you have there in. Uh, El Paso, Gridley area, and then we've got the Buckley Dutch Masters here. I played very similar to that. Yep. Um, so I, I am just so excited for baseball to get started, even if it is only 60 games. It's something I think uh, a lot of people need just to see some live sports. Yes, and just to put it in perspective, Derek will join us from time to time as our uh, resident Cubs uh, guy. I mean, on this podcast, Leighton and I are both Cubs fans, however, just to get an outside perspective. So, with that said, what are your thoughts on how everything's going to stack up? I think for the Cubs, 60-game season is actually in their favor. And a lot of that is because of the, the age of the pitching staff. Um, you, get, you get some pitchers who are older. They might be able to go a little deeper in the game since they're not going to have to go 30 games. But they're only going to go about 12 games. So they can, they can extend a little bit more and a little bit harder. And, uh, you know, Jake Ross handles pitching staff. He knows them uh, pretty well from catching them. And so I'm looking forward to the first time that Ross goes out to take Lester out of the game. I It's going to be interesting because they talked about it on bigger sports radio stations than us about how is there a possibility where – Lester just gives Rossi that look that says, I'm good. Does he take the managerial approach and say, no, it's my call, or does he trust his pitcher? What What do you think about that? I think Rossi knows Lester better than Lester knows Lester. Ross knows when Lester thinks he still has it and doesn't have it from having caught him as his personal catcher for so long. So uh, I, I think that they'll have a lot of that conversation where you don't see it uh, however they can do it in the dugout because you can't be uh, 
you got to keep that six feet distance there, but maybe Ross throws on the mask so nobody can read his lips. Yeah. And he kind of yells it down to Lester. That, that's going to be real interesting, the whole mask effect of the, of the season. Um, let's talk rotation. You've got Hendricks day one. You've got Hendricks as your day one starter. I would imagine Darvis two, Lester three. What, just let's focus on the top three for now. What's your, what are your thoughts? Well, yeah, Hendricks is the best pitcher the Cubs have had um, overall since he came to the to the Cubs to the majors. Yes, you've had guys who've had better stints, like Jake Arrieta had a, a year and a half there that was obviously better when he was a Cy Young Award winner. But remember, Hendricks got votes in that also, so he was right there with them. Yes, you Darvish had a great second half last year, but again, Kyle Hendricks, he is just so steady, and he is. Um, the best person to compare him to is Greg Maddox, the way he moves the ball and hits his points and the command he has. So they're, they're sitting very good at number one. Darvish, if he continues to throw the way he threw at the end of last year, and a short season could be good for him because he has not had a great full season in quite a while. And then John Lester's, you know, same thing. The, the veteran, the, uh, the savvy that he has there, um, he's going to be able to get through. And early in the season, usually it's pitchers that have advantage over hitters so we're, we're hoping to see that at least for a week until the hitters warm up but it's, it's a lot warmer weather so the hitters will probably be warmed up a lot faster i we were talking about this earlier with uh jason zimmerman who is going to be our cardinals guy we um we talked about how pitchers always have the upper hand and pitchers can throw basically live a lot easier than hitters can hit live. So I think it's going to be at least a week or 10 days before we see a real balance out of statistics in my opinion. So I, I don't, I don't think it's going to be as long as we expect because of the temperature. You remember in the spring when they come out normally in, in well, late March or early April, you get those northern teams, and they're playing when it's really cold out. And I think that's what slows down the hitters more than anything. And now it's, I mean, what was it, 90-95 today here in yeah. central Illinois? Um, as, as we do this, you know, about a week before opening day, it's it, the hitters are going to warm up. If, you, if you've seen some of the scrimmages, hitters hitting some good some good bombs, some good hard line drives, and they're they're facing pitchers who know them well meaning their teammates, and they know how to get them out, and they're still hitting the ball well. Yeah. It's just kind of ridiculous, but kind of cool that we as sports fan, sports fans are getting, are watching inter-squad games and getting too excited and too drawn into it. Let's talk hitting. Obviously, you've got Baez, Rizzo Bryant. I mean, if Rizzo can get healthy before the season, what's your just overall sort of vibe as the season gets started here. Well, I'm, I'm excited about the Cubs hitting. Um, you mentioned Brian. You mentioned those guys are pretty much guaranteed. Rizzo, if he can be healthy, and he's he's had those back issues for quite a few years, as long as he stays healthy. But there's some that you didn't mention also that are pretty good hitters. Schwarber, Contreras, um, even the backup catcher is uh, pretty good. Caratini. Uh, Caratini. Uh, yep. Ian Haft's been hitting the ball well. Nico Horner, we saw a little bit of him at the end of the season. I'm really excited about the hometown guy, the guy who played in the 2016 World Series but lost, and that's Jason Kipnis. Jason Kipnis, that is an interesting little nugget there. He's honestly one of those guys that you can honestly say 
you forget he's on the team because there's just so many names. I mean, we didn't even talk about Bodie, who is arguably one of the better clutch hitters on that team. Let's talk DH. Uh, what What's your thought of the DH coming to the National League? Uh, it, it was going to happen. I'm, and think about it. Every level of baseball except for the National League had DH. I mean, I played college ball. We had DH. Um, you know, town ball around the area, they have DH. Minor leagues are all DH. The American League's DH. High school, you know, a lot of times your pitcher hits in high school because your pitcher is one of your better athletes. Um, yeah. Most of the time, not always. There's some pitchers out there who don't care about any, they just care about the pitching. But it, it so, you know, it was going to happen. And I think the Cubs are in good shape with it. They got three guys who can easily fill that spot. It just depends upon what Ross wants to do defensively. I expect to see Schwarber in that spot some. Contreras on the days he's not catching, and I won't be surprised to see Garantini get out of it faster. I, I, I agree with all of those. I also could... I'm a big David Bodie fan. I have been since he came up. He's also one of those... Since the art of the pitch hitter is kind of going by the wayside, he is somebody that I truly think could come into play as we get later into the season, too. Yeah, absolutely. Bodie is one of those. The question is, where is Bodie going to fit in? Um, if Rizzo is hurt, that that actually helps Bodie because he could play some, some third or first, and Bryant would play the other one. Um, Bodie's just as good defensively at third, so you might see Bryant slide over to first to, to give him a little bit more of a breather. Not that first isn't a hard position, but third base usually has a lot more diving involved in it. It's the hot quarter um, for a reason. Yeah, exactly. So so I wouldn't be surprised to see that. And Bodie, he could fill in at second, depending upon it, you know, Horner sliding over short. But remember, it's a 60-game season. Your starters are not going to sit very often if they're everyday players, which most of the Cubs are everyday players. And that's something that we talked about earlier is – you, you have to play the hot hand. You can't wait for somebody to get hot, which I think helps the Cubs because Javi's going to come out, drop it, swing in for the fences. I mean, just because he does that naturally. And it's just going to be the what have you done for me lately if you're Rossi. Am I, am I alone in that assumption? No, I, I think you're right. you got to enter this season when you, you start playing. I think the Cubs play the Brewers on Friday. When they, when they play that first game, you can't play like it's April 3rd. You have to play like it's the end of July, and you have two months to go in the season. You, you're already in the pennant race, and you got to have that mentality going in. So, you know, you might see pitchers get pulled a little earlier. 30-man rosters will help with that, as they can have a few more arms on the staff. Plus the taxi squad. That's going to be interesting to see how that works, because I believe you have three players that you can bring with you to games but they're not on the active roster in the sense that they're eligible for the game. As long as one of them's a catcher, you can have three. And I could see people using pitchers, and if somebody throws, you know, three, four innings in relief, the next day they're on the taxi squad, and one of the taxi squad guys is back in the bullpen. It, that's going to be your, that's something I didn't really think of, was the, the idea of the taxi squad. Um you talked about uh, bullpen guys. Let's let's run down the bullpen. I mean, it's really kind of a question mark in my opinion. What are your thoughts, just generally? Well, first of all, you got to have Craig Kimbrell be Craig Kimbrell, and people are looking at what he did last year, which he struggled some. He didn't come in. He didn't get the spring training. But remember, 
everybody else was already in full swing when he came in this year. They they won't be, so they're all at the same place. So I think he's he won't be as uh, rough. So I'd like to see him get back to form. Jeremy Jeffers, Kyle Ryan, um, yeah, Casey Sadler. I, I'm really looking forward to see Dwayne Underwood Jr. Uh, he's an, uh, Ronald Wick and Dan Winkler down there. Yeah, and Dwayne Underwood Jr. He is one of those guys that I could see swinging into that five spot if if Quintana isn't ready for that opening start. As Cubs fans, I mean, I've heard that name since, what, 2015 or before? So, I mean, maybe, hopefully, we can get something out of the farm system? <laughs> well, you, you've got, um, as far as the, the filling out the rotation, I think Tyler Chatwood's going to be number four. Yeah. And Alec Mills, I think, has a step up on Underwood, that that's who we will see with, with Quintana not starting the season because of that thumb uh, injury. But Dwayne Underwood Jr., this will give him a chance, and he's through, I believe he's thrown a few innings in the majors. It'll give him a chance to get get his legs underneath him, and then future down the road as you lose a Lester, although they might still have him next year if he gets enough innings this year, which I think he can do. Um, but you have him there as backup as you start to lose some of the other, or as Quintana moves on, things like that, yeah. and give Underwood Jr. you know uh, a good, good solid base to work on if he right step in down the road. It'll be. It will just. It'll be interesting to see. What is your overall vibe of the NL Central as we start this season? Uh, the NL Central. And I apologize. I have a train going by. I don't know if you can hear that. Or You're not. good. Um, the the NL Central. The the two teams I'm really worried about are the Cardinals. You're always worried about the Cardinals because they had a pretty good system there, and until they they start to struggle year in year out, you're always going to worry about them. And the Reds, the Reds, they could be, they're the most unpredictable team in the division, I think, this year. They could be great, and they could be awful, just depending upon how they gel as a team. They've got some good players there. We know Nick Castellanos, uh, you know, they're from the Cubs. I wish we could have kept him, especially with the DH position. Yep. But, uh, you know, they're, they're, they got some good young pitching. It's, it's going to be tough. Uh, whoever comes out of the NL Central, it's they're going to earn it. No question about that. And my hot take for the start of the season is whoever comes out of the Central is going to be the National League representative in the World Series. Um, it, it could be. I I'd be worried about the Dodgers. That's the one. That's the one caveat. Is how the Dodgers does are good and. The Mets, if they get things figured out, they could be good. And the Braves. Yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of there's all sorts of caveats. The one thing that the Dodgers don't have going for them is the lack of David Price. I that that's going to hurt. I think more than people you know, realize. It, I'm going to say it's going to come down, and this is for every single team. First of all, can you stay healthy? Can you? have a complete roster right now as far as i know unless something happened since uh you know the last news that i heard the cubs are the only team and i'm knocking on wood because i don't want this to happen are the only team who does not have a player who's tested positive yeah so if if you can get that right now some of those players who have tested positive freddie freeman i believe he is back at the Braves camp now. He's now been through it enough. He's he's recovering. He's back his way to joining the Braves. I don't know if he'll be ready opening day or not, but, you know, it, it might hurt the Cubs if nobody has it yet if a couple of them get it during the season. J. 
chances of them coming back are, are slim to none, or the ones who already have it are starting to make their way back. Yeah, I mean, it's just, we talked about it. You get three games in, and you're really about 10 or 15 games into the season. So the old adage of you can't judge the season off of one game if you're a Cubs fan, because that's what we as Chicago sports fan just do. We treat every game like a football, like it's football season, and that's really not how you're supposed to treat football or supposed to treat baseball. However, I think this year you kind of have to have that mentality. I mean, it's just it's going to be nuts. Yeah, yeah. As a manager for Ross, toughest for him early in the season. Normally, you know, you leave a guy out there throwing extra, you know, inning or two in a blowout, knowing that you're going to use for the next two days, but saving everybody else for the next day. You don't have that luxury now. If you've got a chance to, to hang in that game and you got to battle every, and even if you're down seven nothing, you got to you got to think you still have to battle to try and win because the wins are going to be at a premium. I'm thinking 60 games, 35 to 40 should get you into the postseason. I would have to agree. Okay, one more thing before we before we start to wrap this up. Is there going to be a starting pitcher with an ERA under two this year, or is it too much to ask? Wow. There's a possibility of it, no question about that. Um, you know, you, and you only have to be hot for, what, 12 games? Yeah. Five starters, 60 games, everybody starts 12. So it's, it's definitely possible that somebody has that run. The counter question to that, and maybe you already have this on your list, is, is anybody going to hit 400? That's that is the that's the punch counter punch argument here. I could see it. It's highly unlikely. I mean, somebody like a Freddie Freeman, like you said, he's an average guy. I could see that. I could also see somebody like a hate to say it, but JD Martinez, who just hits bombs. If he gets hot, it's it's over, in my opinion. I'll, I'll give you who my who my first choice is, assuming that he is able to play. Yeah, he's been one of those names that's been uh, questioned whether he's in or out, and that is a former Cub, DJ Hume. See, that's somebody that everybody that Yankees roster is so loaded. That's somebody that you just forget about, honestly, because you've got the ju- you got Judge Stanton, Glaber, and Lemayhew. So that's also a good pick there. One last thing before we get you out of here. What's your World Series look like a week before the season starts? Wow. You know, I'd love to put the Cubs in there, but I mentioned the Dodgers earlier. So, if assuming everybody stays healthy, uh, which is a big, big book, I would expect the Dodgers to be a big threat to be in there. And the American League, uh, there's so many good teams. you got the, the Keating Astros. You've got the Yankees. Um who's going to be the best out of there. I'm going to to go that there's going to be a wild card in there. There's going to be a team that makes a run, and as much as it hurts me to say being a Chicago fan, I would. the White Sox might surprise you. The White Sox, wow. Because um, Jason Zimmerman said the Angels, which is kind of a dark horse pick. There's two schools of thought, in my opinion, when it comes to picking your, your your division champions. It's either... You just got to stick with your blue bloods being, you know, the Yankees, the Cubs, the things like that. Or does somebody get hot at the right time and just go out, go crazy? He said our old buddy Joe Madden and the Angels could be a possibility. 
Absolutely, that's a possibility. And in a 60-game season, it could be anybody. Um, who's going to get the hot hand? I mean, think about this. There's a, there's a good trivia for you left. There's one team in Major League Baseball that has never lost a postseason series. Hmm. I honestly don't know who that would be. The Marlins. The Marlins. And they have never won a division either. Oh, because they get yep. They went in via the wild card both times. Yep, and they went on mm-hmm. and they went on to win the World Series. And the the moral of that question is, you don't have to be the best team in August. You just have to get hot in September enough to get into the playoffs and keep that heat going the rest of the way. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Derek, I appreciate you coming on. We'll probably try to make this a week or every other week sort of deal since we're on a short schedule here. Um, any parting thoughts? Uh, I just want to thank you for having me on and uh, continued uh, blessings on your show. Oh, thank you, sir. Welcome back to the Lower Review Podcast. My name is Nathan Schertz, and joining me on the road is Mr. Ryan Birch. How are you, sir? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Oh, no problem. We're doing good. And this morning, we're going to talk a bit about the Cowboys and the NFL in general. Ryan, you are going to be a resident Cowboys fan in this situation. What is your thoughts in Jerry Jones and Dak Prescott just kind of digging in and n- neither side giving way. Well, I think a lot of Cowboys fans and maybe people around the NFL in general uh, normally kind of reside on one side or the other, either thinking that uh, Dak is definitely the guy and you pay him whatever he wants, or uh, he's not the guy and you should pay him nothing. I think there's a lot of Dak haters out there. Uh, personally, I actually kind of reside in the middle. Uh, I definitely think Dak's the guy, uh, at least for the next probably four to five years and somebody that uh that i would be willing to pay a very good amount of money but i think there's a line you draw um in between uh you know where yeah he's the guy but also 40 40 million dollars plus is probably way too much honestly for anybody i know uh mahomes just got paid but that's I mean, that's really the one guy that you would even consider paying that kind of money to. Uh, and so, Dak, if they, if they would have settled anywhere between uh, 30 to $35 million, I would have been pleased. But I think once you get anything over that, uh, I actually uh, agree with Jerry Jones that that's probably where I would draw my line to. And I think and I think Dak will – I think they'll get to that point. Uh, there were kind of reports that, that – that's what they were going to do, but they ran out of time at the deadline, which is kind of crazy considering that they had months to talk about this. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where I, where my thoughts are. I, I'm actually okay with letting him play it out. And, you know, if he wants to go out and win a Super Bowl this year, then maybe you can, you can reconsider how much you're going to pay him. But I, uh, I'm okay with him playing on the, uh, playing on the franchise tag. And I'm not honestly too worried about him being there in the future. I think Dak wants to be a cowboy. And I think, that uh, this year uh, he'll be able to play his way into more money or less money. So I'm okay with where, where they sit right now. That makes sense. Some would argue that there might be a little mistrust between Jerry and Deck. Where do you where do you fall on that? Like, well, to be honest, I think there's a lot of mistrust between 
a lot of people in Jerry Jones just because he's shown his true colors a lot before and his true colors are very inconsistent. He'll pay a lot of guys big money and then uh, kind of with like the Zeke situation last year, I mean, that was one of the guys that, uh, you know, for the past four or five years, he's been the one guy that we've been able to rely on. Um, and he kind of balked at paying him and kind of same thing with, with Dak. He didn't want to pay him big money. And so I think, and then you got other guys in the past that he's been able to, uh, you got just kind of, he's just opening up the, the book form. So I can't blame, you know, it's a situation where, uh, I, I understand where Jerry's at because he doesn't want to pay overpay, but also I understand why Dak would be, uh, Maddie, you know, he paid Demarcus Lawrence, he paid Jalen Smith. He's playing, paying Van Der Esch, He's paying all these guys who are key players, but they're not the quarterback. And yet when it comes to him and Zeke, he didn't want to pay them uh, immediately like he paid the other guys. So I understand uh, kind of both sides of the situation. Yeah, it's just, it's crazy to me. Um, the, the next elephant in the room that I think plays into the whole Dak situation is Mahomes. Do you think he got over? Do you think he got paid the right amount of money, or could he have argued for more if he wanted some? Well, I think he got paid the most. He was probably anybody would be willing to pay him. But I, I don't know that you can say he got overpaid yet because he's already won the Super Bowl. And I think how much? Uh, I think it was a ten-year contract for yep. about, 50, about around fifty million dollars a year average. Um, I mean, if you win two to three more Super Bowls in that 10-year span, which I think pretty much anyone um, is willing to say that that's at least possible for them to do that. I think that they probably paid him out. I think there's a lot of teams that would be willing to pay $500 million to the quarterback in a 10-year span if he can win them two to three more Super Bowls, which I think is doable. So honestly, I don't think at this point you really know. Um, The one thing I will say, it makes the GM... job extremely hard because now you have to i think i saw that that's like 13 percent of their salary cap goes to one player so now you have to fill out an entire uh, 53-man roster with or 52 of them only getting 87 percent of the salary cap so that's going to be really hard but i think it's uh, doable and i think if they win two to three more super bowls in that 10-year span then i absolutely think it's worth it i also think it's very possible that, I mean, you see it all the time, more specifically in the MLB, because that's where those big, long contracts normally happen. But those contracts don't always even get lived out. I mean, he could be, he could renegotiate in five years. And so, yeah. but as of right now, I think to have him locked up, and I think that's very uh, good for their, you know, well-being with, you know, you want to, you don't want to go with Dak. I mean, yes, Dak's a very good quarterback. And you want him locked up, but Mahomes is not somebody that you can let uh, get to the open market. So I, I think that they're probably confident with where they are. And like I said, if they win two to three more Super Bowls, I think that it was worth it. I I would argue too that yeah, the salary cap's going to take a hit because of the whole coronavirus situation. However, some people may say it's a discount because, like you said, five or six more years, five or six years from now. That might be the going right for a, for a franchise quarterback. So I think just overall, it it's good for both parties because if you're Brett Veach, the GM for the Chiefs, you you have to be really comfortable with where you're at, and you can kind of work around and find find veteran free agents and things like that to make it work in the long haul. Wouldn't you say? Well, yeah, I would agree, and I would also say too that. 
there are a lot of players that are willing to take pay cuts just to play with Mahomes. Um, even if it's just for one to two years, you can sign a short contract and Mahomes can really inflate your numbers and that, that can help you in the long run. Um, you know, if you're some of those guys that are on there, uh, maybe their second contract during their fifth or sixth year, um, and then they can go out and get, uh, you know, get, get a decent contract, but also, uh, get big numbers, which will help them get a bigger contract with another team. So I think, I think that, uh, I, I would be okay if I was a Chiefs fan paying him. I mean, what's honestly, there really was no other option if you want to keep him. Um, he's not going to take, I mean, he knows what he's worth. Um, yeah. In football terms, I mean, that's, that's what he's worth. I mean, I don't know that anybody's worth that kind of money in general, but in football terms, I mean, that's just kind of like you said, the going, right? And it's probably going to be even higher because of the way they just set the contract or set the market. So, uh, but I, there's a lot of people out there that think that this directly affects Dak and other quarterbacks that are getting ready to come up on contract. I, I would tend to disagree. I don't think that Dak is going to get anywhere near $50 million. So, um, or nor would anyone be willing to pay him, not just Jerry Jones. So, um, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I think if I was the Chiefs and a Chiefs fan, I would feel confident. And uh, and having him for the next ten years, and and so I, I would not have a problem with it. That makes sense. Okay, so we're getting ready to fire up training camp. Who wins the NFC East? I mean, I I would tend to say the Cowboys, just because I I mean I think anybody would agree that Washington is not going to win. I think anybody would agree that the Giants would not win. I mean, there's maybe some people out there that would be willing to say that they're a dark horse i i think that's just fishing a little bit just too early that i i just don't see uh that they have the horses i mean like i said there's maybe uh five to ten percent of people out there that would be willing to say that they're a dark horse but i don't agree and then the it's been the eagles and the cowboys you know the last couple of years yeah. and i think that they're the two teams that are probably i think both teams are probably playoff teams especially when you expand to seven i think they're both probably playoff teams um, but no one, I don't know the exact number. Um, I think it's 14 to 15 years, maybe, that no one has won back-to-back uh, titles in the NFC East. So, uh, I mean, uh, I would, if I had to take a guess, if the Cowboys, obviously I'm biased, but I mean, the Cowboys, when you look at it, um, if you just, if the Cowboys roster was playing for, say, the Seahawks or another team, I think anybody would pick them to win almost any division. Oh, yeah. The Cowboys, and they like to just get in their own way. I think that 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 would be, honestly, the main reason why nobody would, or a lot of people would not want to pick them is strictly based on them being the Cowboys. But I think based on the roster and the new coaching staff, I'm very confident going into the new season. That makes sense. Well, I appreciate it, sir, and we will be in touch. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. From the sunny state of Florida is Miss Alista Arkin. How are you, ma'am? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me here to talk some baseball with you, David. I know it's weird. We're starting up on Thursday officially, but everybody else gets into action on Friday. Just as an icebreaker here, what's one thing you've picked up, whether it be a hobby, a pastime during this pandemic time? Oh, that's a good question. I honestly, it's been a, a good opportunity to read a bunch of books that I have been <laughs> sitting on my shelf for ages. And 
revisited a couple classics and uh, read a couple books that I've been meaning to read for a while. And of course, hanging out with my my little three-legged typical puppy. So you're here to talk socks. You're you are yeah. kind of the resident socks aficionado when you were up here in, in uh, central Illinois, and I would assume one of the only in in Florida. So just give me your general outlook of the season. Sure, and uh, you are absolutely correct. Every time I uh, <laughs> I meet another baseball fan down here and I, I tell them I'm a White Sox fan, they're always surprised. And I tell them that's how you know somebody is first a, a really dedicated baseball fan and then also from the Chicago area is if you put up with the White Sox for a quarter of a century like I have. So, uh, of course, like many Sox fans, I am super pumped for this season, uh, even though it looks like it'll be, of course, a, a very different season from what we're used to. I'm uh, super excited. We've got uh, a really great lineup, some great hitting happening. The past little mini two-game series with the Cubs was a lot of fun, and uh, the guys on the team just are really excited to play, and we, we've done the rebuild, but, and now it's starting to come to fruition, so very, very excited for the potential. And uh, <laughs> you have known me for a while, and you know that I am a sucker for sports radio, and on yep. 670, they talk about the house that Kenny Hanna built. I think it's officially open for business and we're ready for the housewarming party. Um, what What's your thoughts on just the offense? I mean, because you've got Eloy, you've got, I mean, you've just got yeah. bats for days. Andrew Vaughn, I heard the name, but I just got to see him last night. I mean, you've just, yeah. You, you're gonna. I want. I wouldn't be surprised if the over under on the White Sox Twins games is something in the twelve or thirteen range because there's just going to be power for days. I think. Yeah, I I totally agree with you, and that is definitely their strongest asset going into this season. Um, is when you have uh, John Montada in the sixth spot. Uh, which I think is where he was uh, in last night's game, we're recording this on uh, Tuesday the 21st. Yeah. Um, you know you have depth in that lineup, um, and so that's really exciting. Um, personally, one of my favorites to watch is, uh, like many people, Louis Brother, is, his swing is just gorgeous. Yeah. Um, so watching him and that, that kind of power after he tore things up in the minor leagues and came up through the system, and he uh, doesn't seem like he's having too much trouble adjusting at the major league level. So, uh, yeah, their bats have been hot. And with a shorter season, hopefully they, they continue to be that way. And, and we don't have any major slumps, so we can power through the 60 games. Well, that's that's just the thing. is The common theme is you can't have any slumps. And that's something, if there's a team out there in this region, because, you know, of the three teams we talked about, I would say that the Sox are probably the most slump-proof because, of course, a lot of these guys are, un are unproven talent. And Eloy for a quote-unquote full season, I mean, Luba, it's just, it's just too good to be true. That, <laughs> With that said, 
Um, why don't you talk a little pitching? I know we, we saw Dallas Keigel last night. He looked pretty good. Kopech is sitting out of the pandemic season, which, I mean, is understandable, but still it kind of sucks from a sports perspective. And honestly, I don't know about you, I'm I'm shocked that more people are not sitting out the season due to the inherent risks. Sure. Um, so a couple things to touch on there. Uh, starting pitching, uh, I, I think is their, their second after, of course, uh, hitting second uh, strongest thing that they have going for them. Of course, uh, you know, you, you can always hope to maybe maybe add, add a stronger pitcher somewhere down the line. Um, if this were a regular season, I think I'd be more concerned about that. Uh, but because it is is quite a bit shorter, you just have less wear and tear on the arms. Um, and uh, Rodon is coming coming back off of Tommy Don surgery, right? So yeah. Um, I I think I think they're gonna be okay. Bill uh, Keith looked okay so far. Um, I want to say last last year his ERA was up to around six. So obviously not not where you'd want him to be, but I think if everybody stays healthy uh, injury wise and COVID wise, I, and they they put up solid decent starts um, and, and give you uh, enough quality starts, I think the bats can take care of the rest. Um, so I, I I feel pretty good about the the starting pitching. Uh, like you said, Kopech sitting out, not ideal from a baseball perspective, um, but. Uh, personally, I, I also agree. I'm a little surprised that more guys aren't sitting out. But, of course, uh, more so in football, but really for any professional sport, your professional career is so short that losing a year in your prime is it, huge. Yeah. So uh, I, I, I can't get that, too. Um, and Major League Baseball has done a pretty good job so far, it seems, of uh, really being on top of testing and trying to do what they can to take care of their players. Again, uh, like the NFL, do a little bit more on that front, but we're not we're not talking about that right now. Yeah. Um, I uh, I do think that that probably helps, is that the, the players can see that the organization is uh, at least making some, some solid attempts to keep them healthy. Yeah, and that's, that's just the thing is, you know, I as a Cubs fan, that's and my first job is to look at the Cubs news and, you know, Rossi missed a practice last week because his COVID test didn't come back. So those are those are things that I think baseball is doing right. And you, there's going to be always a bit of an inherent risk unless you're the NBA and you're renting out, you rented out Disney World like... <laughs> there's going to there's going to be issues, but I think baseball is doing it right. With that said, did, have you dug into the bullpens because that's kind of been a an interesting topic here over the last year or so? Yeah, you know, my personal feeling on bullpens in general, and uh, your your listeners do, can totally disagree with me. Um, I full disclosure, I am not a professional sports analyst. I'm yeah. just an avid baseball fan. <laughs> um, but I bullpens always kind of feel like a crapshoot because yeah. it, it with the it, the obvious exceptions of like a Mariano Rivera and those kinds of guys, like 
if you're if you're strong, you're going to be a starting pitcher. Yeah. Um, so you have lots of turnover in the bullpen spots. Uh, lots of I think there are more inconsistencies there typically for teams. Um, and even if going into a season you feel pretty good because somebody was strong the year before, you just you just never know. Um, so who knows? But again, I think. Uh, for the White Sox in particular, because they have strong hitting, and if the starting pitching can give them quality starts, I think they'll have enough cushion that even if the bullpen is is giving up a, a few runs here and there, um, and maybe you don't you don't have a strong closer, I, I think they still might be okay. Yeah, I and I think that Colome is still in the building, which is helpful. Um, mm-hmm. So. I mean, you do have you do have a closer. You've got you've got other guys that they're just escaping me at this point. I'm not too worried about that. It's just, yeah. is it a year too early? And I know from a Cubs fan perspective, 2015 was quite frankly a year too early. You make the you make the CS with there being expanded playoffs. I definitely think your socks are a are a notable contender, probably in the central, to be honest, because God knows what the Indians are doing, and can the can the twins keep up what they did last year in such a short such a short burst? So really, I would say that the the AL Central is wide open, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I I think you're totally right about that. Um, I I I think some people forget things that Cleveland's going to be pretty strong, which surprises me a little bit. Of course, like you said, the Twins, the Twins, I think are are generally they seem to be the favorite. Makes sense. I understand that. Uh, of course, I am biased for my white Sox, but uh, as Tim Anderson said on ESPN, uh, people are kind of sleeping on the White Sox a little bit. <laughs> and so uh, I, I really think that just the, the enthusiasm from these young guys, you, you liken them to the 2015-2016 the Cubs where they went, went through the farm system, came up young guys. They all kind of played out the way that uh, the team had hoped. And we, I think, are, are hopefully seeing some similarities here uh, with the 2020 White Sox where I, I think they, they have the, the drive, they have the power, they have the, the talent to hopefully get it done and take that ill control. I, and to play... I know I didn't prep you for this, but the old the old moniker last year was Ricky Ricky's boys don't quit. So I mean, uh-huh. R- Ricky Ricky Renteria finally getting it getting his shot because, as most baseball people know, he was on the north side, and then uh-huh. Joe Madden came available. I don't fault Jed and Theo any bit for kind of leaving Ricky out in the cold, but I'm happy for him as a manager to finally get to manage some winning baseball because of the fact that he was always seen as a developmental type manager and just yeah. he's been around the game for so long. I mean, what what are your feelings on Ricky? Yeah, t- I totally agree with you. I remember when all that happened, I was like, ooh, kind of sucks for Rick Maria, but also I don't blame them. And yeah, I mean, he is he, he's got some really great qualities, and I'm I'm very happy to have him on the south side. And uh, yeah, I uh, 
course, Don Cooper as well has been around for a million years and uh, <laughs> as a pitching coach, and I, yeah. I'm a fan of him as well. So I think uh, I think they've got got some good good managing, good good coaching as well. Yeah, and that was something that came on in early early spring training was the fact that. Don Cooper knows what a rap soda a rap soda machine is. So, which is basically the pitching analytics. Um, so that was that was really intriguing of how the Reinsdorfs have always been thought as a kind of cheap family, really. If you think if you think about yeah. the Bulls, and they're they're finally spending money on both organizations, which I'm very happy for, just as a Chicago sports fan. And the, the joke is, Jerry wants to see championships before he dies. Um, yep. so, so I think yep. <laughs> I think everybody can agree that the optimism is real, and it, it will definitely be exciting. So before we get you out of here, who wins the Central this year? Uh, you know, I, I, I gotta go with my White Sox. I, I think, uh, of course, the, the Twins are gonna put up a good fight. Uh, like you said, Cleveland, uh, may, may kinda, uh, put up some, some strong games as well. Not too worried about, uh, Detroit. <laughs> but, um, I, I really think the White Sox have some potential. Uh, that's, uh, I don't know. Again, I'm, I'm biased, but I see a lot of excitement. Tim Anderson has been like a cheerleader, and I think when you don't have any fans in the stands, you gotta, you gotta have that. You gotta have that drive, that excitement. And I really do think that, that combined with all the talent they've got will make a big difference. I think that, I think you're exactly right. And something completely off the train of thought that ADD here is the fact that you're going to get, you're gonna get in game audio from the players because there's no you know they're pumping in crowd noise but still it's not the same you're you're still going to get right. you're still going to get live audio which is fantastic from a fan perspective mm-hmm. what do you th- before the season starts we've got 2 days who what is your world series matchup unbiased yeah i i thought about that and I just kind of looking at, at where everybody is, and of course, this is going to be a particularly interesting season. Uh, baseball is always a, a long and, and very interesting season. Now we've got a much shorter season, but maybe some more potential for things to go haywire. Uh, of course, hopefully we hope everyone stays healthy and we can play the full 60 games, et cetera, et cetera. Um, with that said, I personally, I'm over the Dodgers. I'm over the Yankees. I don't want to, I don't want to see that. That's not an interesting World Series for me. Um, I, I could see like a, a brave, brave matchup. Ooh. Uh, again, I, yeah, I think that would be fun. I think those are two teams that have been kind of up and coming and they, uh, I think are going to have strong seasons and I think that would be a, a fun, a fun, that would be fun. So you're you're banking on Charlie Morton to just keep throwing those uh, curveballs and changeups, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> um, final thoughts just on your White Sox in general, the season, 
before we get before we get started here on Thursday, Friday. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I think we we kind of touched on all the the general things, but I think they're definitely going to be a team to watch. Uh, and uh, maybe ESPN now remembers that we exist, <laughs> so maybe we'll get a little bit of media coverage. But we're used to being the the second team and the second team. So, uh, but White Sox fans are excited. The the players are excited. I think the management is excited, uh, and we we got some really really good energy and. And uh, excitement going into the season, I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. It will be fun. And hopefully you you will be willing to come back on and join us as we go down sure. the road. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm always happy to talk baseball, talk Chicago baseball and Chicago sports. And that's what we do here. So, again, thank yeah. you, thank you, thank you. Have fun in Florida, and we'll talk to you again. Sounds good. Thanks, Nathan. And that's about a wrap for today's show. Big shout out to Derek Bowman, Jason Zimmerman, Ryan Birch, and Alyssa Arkin for their contributions to today's episode. Big announcement for next week is we will have Scott Robbins join us to talk a little baseball of the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robbins show. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Also, one final note if this episode can get let's say 25 shares i will walk a quarter mile we have a track just up the road i will video it so there is proof and that way a bit of a challenge to all of you just have a little fun those of you that don't know, I have cerebral palsy. I use a chair, but I can walk. Haven't walked in a while, so let's have a little fun and make names work. Again, thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Later.